For those of you that are on Facebook, I highly recommend uh, following a page called Your Time of Grace. Uh, Every day they send out a devotional. Uh, It's a Facebook video devotion. It's like two to four minutes long. And what I love about these videos is that they always start with some kind of story. And uh, the story then really drives home the point of of God's Word that they're going to be talking about that day. And this morning I want to share with you one of those uh, stories from the videos. Uh, They had a pastor on a few weeks before Christmas uh, to tell his story and his wife's story. Earlier last year, they found out that they were pregnant uh, with twins. And uh, it it was going to be a boy and a girl. And they were very excited. They already have three daughters, so they said this was the best of both worlds. They, they were able to have a boy, and yet they get another girl, which uh, they've, they knew how to raise girls. So they, they were very excited. And everything was going great. Everything was going fine until the seventh month of her pregnancy uh, when her appendix burst. Uh, by a miracle of God, they saved her life and the life of her two twins. Uh, But three weeks later, the toxins from the appendix burst got to their little boy, and he died. 24 hours later, less than 24 hours later, that pastor was standing up in front of his congregation on Sunday morning, needing to preach Jesus to the people, needing to preach Jesus to his wife and and to his own heart. He said that during that sermon, he broke down and cried 12 times. And he cried at least once a day for the next 34 days straight. About a month or so later, uh, their daughter was born. And they were very excited. She was happy. She was healthy. Uh, What a blessing. And yet, the pastor said that as he walks around his house holding his daughter... He can't help but realize his other arm is empty. How could God do that? Maybe you've experienced something like the pastor and his wife. Maybe you've lost a child in the womb. Maybe you've experienced something that they say no parent should ever experience and that's the loss of a child. Maybe you've you've wanted kids so badly your whole life and yet you're unable to have children. How could God do that? Why did God do that? Unfortunately, the reality in life is that events happen and some bring blessings and some bring adversities. And the question is, when the adversities come, how do we live for an audience of one? Maybe your adversities come differently than Pastor John's did. Maybe yours is in your marriage. Maybe it's at work. Uh, Maybe it's with friends at school. How do we live to glorify the one who died for us and saved us when he seems to be working against us. In our life, when events happen, it causes a chain reaction, doesn't it? Event happens, and that event leads to thoughts. 
Thoughts lead to feelings and emotions, and feelings and emotions lead to behavior. And so the question is, how do we control this chain link of events to glorify God? The Apostle Paul knew all about events in his life, good and bad, blessings and adversities. Today we're looking uh, at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12, we get some of the most biographical uh, sections of Scripture that Paul wrote. They're deeply personal. Uh, And today we're going to focus on chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. And we're going to start with the first two verses here. 7 and 8. Therefore... In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. The second letter to the Second Corinthians was a letter written to the Christians living in Corinth. Corinth, during the time of Paul, was kind of like modern-day America. It was a first century civilization at the time. They were on the cutting edge of everything. Booming economy. They had education. They were intelligent. And uh, they were extremely philosophical. And so when Paul was with them, everything was fine. But when Paul left, they had a problem with the simplicity of the gospel. Some other people came and claimed to be uh, super apostles is what they called themselves. And they came and they contradicted Paul's message and spread false rumors about him. And Paul says, Look, you want to know if I am an apostle? Look at my track record. Look at the adversities that I've been through. Look at the blessings that I have experienced because of the gospel. Because the Lord has sent me. And right before these verses, at the beginning of chapter 12, Paul talks about how God gave him a vision of heaven. And he's so humbled by it that he won't even say it was him. He says, I know a guy. I know a guy who who saw this revelation, who, who saw heaven. But we know it was Paul. Because as soon as that revelation happened and, and he gets done telling that story, he says, because of this revelation, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, God gave me a a thorn in my flesh. A messenger of Satan. For what purpose? To keep his ego down. God said, let's not get your ego too big here, Paul. Uh, Let's let's keep you from being coming conceited. So he gave him a thorn in the flesh. What was it? Well, commentators have all kinds of different theories. Uh, Some say it could have literally been a thorn in the flesh, a, a big splinter of some kind that just wouldn't go away. Uh, Some say it could have been uh, some kind of medical thing, like malaria. Uh, Some said that it could have been uh, some uh, physical ailment, severe headaches, uh, epilepsy. They said it could have been uh, severe eye infections to to blindness. Uh, Some even said he developed some kind of speech impediment that he didn't have beforehand. All we know is that Paul says it was there to torment him. And the word there literally means to beat him. Whatever this was, this was very painful. And it was annoying. 
And there was nothing Paul could do to get rid of it. Isn't that true? Isn't it true that when we face adversities in life, uh, we realize that we are small and weak? Adversities come into life and we realize just how small and weak we really are. Paul did. Paul knew there was no way he could get rid of this thorn, and that's why he pleaded with God three times, please take this away. There's nothing he could do about it. We realize that too, don't we, when adversities happen in our lives. When an event happens, we realize just how weak and small we are. A loved one passes away, and there's nothing we can do to comfort ourselves. We may try, but we feel extremely weak. We get diagnosed with cancer or some kind of uh, other disease, and we may say things like, uh, I'm going to beat this. But really, do we have any strength to get over it ourselves? We're relying on God's mercy. We're relying on God's grace to heal us. Maybe it's some kind of uh, addiction, whether it be substance addiction, uh, drugs, alcohol, or uh, maybe a sin that we're addicted to. Pornography, judgmental thoughts, uh, some kind of something that we're addicted to that we just can't break the cycle of. Over and over again, we fall into that same addiction. Maybe it's in our marriage. We've been facing adversity for a long time now, and, and no matter how many date nights we have, no matter what we try, things just don't seem to be getting better. Not to mention parenting. We try every parenting trick that we could uh, imagine. We read all the books, and, and yet our weaknesses stare right back at us in the mirror. And what happens when those events happen? Remember, it causes thoughts. Thoughts cause feelings. Feelings cause behaviors. And we begin to say things like, Why, God? Why are you letting this happen to me? Pride wells up and we say, Look what I've given up for you, God. Look what I've done for you. Why are you letting this happen? You think Paul could have responded like that? Absolutely. And so could we. The pastor who was on the video on Facebook and doing the devotion said that when, when his son passed away, he had one of two responses. He could either, one, get bitter, or he could get better. Do you think Paul could have gotten bitter? Do you think he was faced with bitterness? Absolutely. Paul had it all before God called him, before God sent him out to be a, a missionary. He was rich. He had respect. He was powerful. The only thing missing in his life was Jesus. He had it all. And now God said, go spread my, my gospel. And Paul did, and now he's got this big thorn in his flesh. He's dealing with this, uh, whatever it was. John could have said the same thing, that pastor. Look, God, I've given up my life to go preach the gospel for you, and now you're going to have me have this heartache? Come on, God. What adversity are you facing today? Isn't it easy to say, God, why me? 
If you really loved me, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Don't you care? And what if we turned God into when we have that, the, those feelings and we start acting like that? We turn Him into our personal genie, don't we? We rub this little book of the Bible. We rub it. God, grant me my three requests. And when He doesn't, what do we do? We, we toss the Bible back up on the shelf and to deal with our misery, we sleep in on Sunday because why would I want to go and worship a God who doesn't care about me, who doesn't love me? Because if He truly loved me, He would take this away from me. And those thoughts and those feelings and those behaviors are understandable, aren't they? We all understand that. But let's see how God responded to Paul. Paul prayed to God asking him to take the thorn away. And here's what God said. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak then I am strong. It's in the adversities of life that we find out how amazing God's grace is. It's interesting, isn't it? God doesn't promise to take Paul's adversity away. He never promises to take this thorn away. What does He promise? Paul, through your weakness, my power is going to shine forth. And Paul witnessed all of it. He witnessed how every day God took care of him. He witnessed how uh, God's gospel spread throughout the whole known land, or all the known world at the time, despite Paul's thorn in the flesh. That's what his major concern was. God, I could be spreading your kingdom better if this thorn wasn't here. And God said, no, no, no. I'm not dependent on you, Paul. Watch my power. It's made perfect in weakness. And then he said, Paul, realize my grace... It's sufficient for you. His undeserved, unconditional love. That's what grace is. It's sufficient for you, Paul. Did Paul deserve it? No. Do we deserve God's love? His grace? No. We are sinners. We are sinners who have not lived up to God's expectations. We don't deserve God's love. We don't deserve His help. And yet that's what He gives us every single day. In every single adversity, in every situation in life, He gives us His grace. A lot of times we think God's grace is simply His love and forgiveness. Just forgiveness in heaven. Which, if that was all it was, that would be more than enough. But God's grace is so much more than that. God's grace is the love that He sends down to us in adversities, the the ones that cheer our hearts during times of of struggles, the ones that, uh, His love that gives us strength to endure the hardships, His love which uh, sends down comfort to our soul during adversities. That's all grace. And He gives it to us every single day. 
But a lot of times we get too focused on our problem uh, and we don't, get, we don't take a step back to realize that grace is coming every single moment. Now go back to your adversity, the one you're thinking about. What if God never takes that from you? What if, like Paul, that is your thorn in the flesh that you are going to deal with every single day until you die? It's easy to become bitter, isn't it? It's easy to ask God, why? Why are you letting this happen to me? Don't you love me? And God responds with, yes, I do. My grace is sufficient for you. I love you so much. And if you don't believe that I'm sending my grace down every day, believe this that I showed my love for you when I died for you. I died for you. I rose from the grave for you so that you know that death has no power over you. I opened heaven for you. Not because you deserved it or earned it, but simply because I love you. No weakness. No sin. No failures as a parent, no failures as a husband, a wife, an employer, employee. Uh, No failure at all can keep you from God's grace because it's undeserved and it's unconditional. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it wonderful to know that no, no matter what, God's grace is going to be sent down to you every single day of your life? He's going to provide strength and comfort. He's going to provide you with love and forgiveness every single day simply because He loves you and that's final. And He showed you that on the cross. In spite of this. Whoa, not in spite of this. In light of this. How do we live? How do we live to glorify God? Because events are going to happen, right? Events are going to happen in our life that bring adversity and blessings. And remember, events cause thoughts, thoughts cause feelings, feelings cause behaviors. So how do we control that to live for an audience of one? Well, you've got a three-step three, uh, three process. First is to identify. Identify what emotion you're feeling. A lot of times we get all uh, bent out of shape and we don't even realize what emotion we're feeling. Is it anger? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it jealousy? What emotion are we feeling? And then number two, validate that feeling. Validate it out loud to yourself. Validate it to your spouse, to your friend. Uh, tell, Tell them why you should be feeling this way. And then thirdly, Align your thoughts and your behaviors with God's Word and His promises. So let me give you a for instance. Let's say I, I get diagnosed with cancer. Uh, what emotions am I probably going to be feeling? Fear, uh, because my life could possibly end. And anger, because I know God who has control over all things and yet He's given this to me. Uh, and he's let this happen to me, and he's not taking it away from me. So fear and anger, those are my two, two emotions. Validate them. Uh, I just did. Fear because my life is over. Uh, anger because God's not taking it away. And finally, align my thoughts and behaviors with God's promises. Well, what does God tell me in His Word? He promises His grace is sufficient for me. 
sufficient to endure, sufficient to uh, bring comfort, sufficient to forgive me. He promises that even though I walk through the valley, through the valley of the shadow of death, He is with me. He will be with me even through death. He promises that in this world I will have trouble, but take heart, He has overcome the world because He has, I do too. He promises to me that if I remain faithful, even to the point of death, He will give me the crown of life. He promises that though my body is weak right now, it will be raised imperishable, it will be raised in honor, and it will be raised in power. Now, I've realigned my thoughts and behaviors, haven't I, to what God has promised me. Events are going to happen in our lives. Events are. Some are going to bring blessings. Some are going to bring adversities. And that's why I encourage you, if you don't have five to seven Bible verses in your mind of God's promises to you, memorize five to seven of them. Because events are going to happen. And this chain of emotions are going to take place. And when they do, remember, God's grace is sufficient for each and every moment. So praise God. Praise God for the faith that He's given you. Praise Him for the salvation He's won for you. And praise Him for the promises that He gives to you in every single event of your life. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Amen. Please stand. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You for never leaving us. Uh, We thank You for Your promises, and we thank You that even through adversities, You will continue to shower Your love down onto us. Amen.